Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Inquiries and Theories. My name is Caitlin Ellison. I'm Jessica Vols. And I'm Liv Meyer. And we are going to be discussing the stereotypes commonly seen in the theater, specifically towards the LGBT community, and how those things play out in the short story by Willow Cather called Paul's Case, and in a play by Taylor Mack called Here, spelled H-I-R, which we will talk about later. So in terms of Paul's case, he is essentially a young man, and he's seen as a troublemaker in school. He doesn't really fit in. He's kind of like a Dennis the Menace type character from what his teachers perceive him as. And he is described with his eyes having a hysterical brilliancy that was particularly offensive in a boy. So he stands out right from the start of the story. And he's an outcast in his community, at school, and especially at his job as an usher in Carnegie Hall. And he absolutely loves this job, but the other boys who work as ushers give him a hard time and he doesn't really click with them. And because of this and other things that happen in the story, it's implied that Paul is queer, but it's never directly stated. Earlier in the story, it says that he is quite accustomed to lying, which would imply that like he's essentially trying to pass as a straight man. He frequently wears a red carnation, which is a nod to Oscar Wilde's green carnation that he wears during his trial. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And he also has a relationship with a young male actor named Charlie Edwards, and he is his dresser, so that could imply some type of sexual or like deeper relationship. And Paul himself has no desire to be an actor, but Carnegie Hall creates this fairy tale atmosphere for him, and it has all the allurement of a secret love. I think that says something um the allurement within theater so paul um comes to this theater he is the usher he works there but ultimately he loves his job probably more than um all the other usher boys boys (laughs) but that allurement of theater to think about um this is his only safe haven in this little community where his kind isn't really accepted so this theater this job is his safe haven his safe space away from it and he doesn't necessarily want to be an actor or a part like on stage he just wants to enjoy it and its comfort and its warmth and its acceptance and the society like around theater that he's involved in ultimately like that's what he loves so much about it that he can be himself and I think that speaks a lot when it's taken away from him later on in the story that his only safe haven in this little town where he's not fully accepted is ripped from him and I think that leads into future events particularly when he starts to run away. Right, and so he ends up going to New York to gain some kind of acceptance and to get away from his oppressive father. And he is in the pursuit of a finer life because the allure of the theater also gave that air of sophistication and something higher that Paul was to pursue. And in New York, he develops a relationship with a freshman at Yale and they essentially spend the entire night together and it doesn't directly say what they're doing but the text says that their relationship had the confiding warmth of a champagne friendship but their parting was singularly cool so that implies that there could have been a sexual encounter there that did not end pleasantly and so it was just awkward for both of them and they wanted to get out of that situation so it's never directly stated that paul is gay but it's definitely implied and in an article by jane nardine it discusses Paul as potentially being an invert, which implies that he would be a woman 
woman in a man's body. And this says that male inverts display feminine traits, especially an interest in the arts. So it's quite obvious that Paul has an interest in the arts and that he has this allure to it and he feels at home in it. I think his like initial allurement to the theater is because the theater is typically considered a space for all identities because of its acceptance and sense of community. Like it's a great place for self-expression because experimentation is common. The theater is just all about the human experience and what it means to be human, and this kind of environment tends to draw in people who are considered outcasts in society, such as gay men and people who feel like that want to be around other people who share that experience. Like, for example, the musical Kinky Boots, which was recently performed here at Emmons Auditorium. Oh, yes, I loved it so much. <laughs> it features a drag queen as a main character, along with her team of drag queens. And it just offers this representation, and it's a place where gender roles are constantly being challenged. And gender-bending casting is seen more and more today. Roles that have been typically been played by men are being played by women and vice versa. And it's not for comedic effect, it's just another way to tell the story and share the human experience. Like, theater offers a place where all people can take pride in their identity and work. Going back to the stereotype that all men in theater are gay, they're that is definitely a prominent stereotype we see today. Um, even in the Broadway musical Be More Chill, the main character notice a po notices a poster and says, it's a sign-up for the after-school play, it's a sign-up sheet for getting called gay. And in our culture, homosexuality is associated with femininity, and theater is considered feminine, which is where the stereotype stems from. And that's interesting because if you think back uh, to where theater originated from, like in Greece, or even if you wanted to think about Shakespearean times, mostly, well, all I, of the actors, all all of the actors were male, and even it didn't matter if the part the part the part called for, um, uh, or if it was like female a female part. It didn't matter because male actors played all parts. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter if you were an animal or a woman or a man. You just played all those parts. And it's interesting to think that theater is being considered like more feminine when in reality that's not how it started. Like mm -hmm. all the actors were male. So that's, that's an interesting thing to think yeah. about. Like when we think of theater today, it's mostly the <laughs> musical theater, like with the big flashy singing and dancing numbers the sparkly costumes and the tutus mm -hmm. and like the dancing especially has been regarded as feminine like I have a straight male friend who is a dance major and he always tells me how people assume he's gay just because he's a dance major that's um interesting because one of my very best friends who goes here um he's a theater major with a dance minor mm -hmm. <laughs> in high school we always did shows together and he would do any show he could get his hands on basically and he would always be up there doing his absolute best, acting wildly and dancing great, but <laughs> a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> but he, I guess you could say like he had that those flamboyant traits um, that he gave off, I guess. But he was just he was so into what he was doing and like so into his work that sometimes he would get asked, like people would come up to him and say, hey are you gay i wasn't sure you kind of seem like it but I, I just didn't want to assume so are you and he would always go well actually no no i'm not i'm just really into what i'm doing i really love it and it's just like i look i i love what i'm doing and mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that like 
someone is up there on stage doing what they love, having the time of their life, and you just, like, you want to put a label on it, like, oh, this person, like, must be some kind of gay or queer because they're up there doing this and they're, like, really into it. Mm -hmm. Like, these, like, (laughs) razzle-dazzle elements are the reason that this stereotype only applies to Broadway and not Hollywood. Like, hardly anyone questions a film actor's sexuality like they do a stage actor's. Yeah, I can definitely, like, relate to that. Like, no one questions Ryan Gosling, who has performed in La La Land recently and is a musical movie. Um, They're singing, they're dancing. Um, But, like, no one typically assumes that Ryan Gosling is gay. I know especially, like, the female variety don't want to (laughs) assume that he's gay or queer. Mm -hmm. It's just so Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. that, like, film actors are never seen in the queer light, yeah. I guess. Like, right. even someone like Hugh Jackman, who's mm. been in, like, the movie version of Les Mis, recently The Greatest Showman, like, he has even had a one-man show on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But, like, since he's tied to the film industry, people would never assume that about him. And let's not forget about Zac Efron, who was recently <laughs> just in The Greatest Showman and who sang in the High School Musical movies. Mm-hmm. And he is seen as a heartthrob, and he would never be associated with a gay man essentially for the similar reasons because like he's seen as very attractive and he is very appealing to the female demographic and just because he sings in movie adaptations of musicals doesn't mean that he's associated with the lgbt community yeah and it's it's just so interesting to think about that i mm-hmm. want to find a better word but like actors like Neil Patrick Harris, for example, mm-hmm. who is a gay man, um, got to start off in Doogie Howser. Uh, Doogie Howser wasn't typically um, like queer in any kind of essence, I don't think. I haven't really watched the show. <laughs> but one of Neil Patrick Harris's uh, more notorious roles was Barney Stinson and How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. And he plays a completely different character from who he is. Uh, Barney Stinson is a total womanizer, total ladies' man, <laughs> and it's just ironic because Neil Patrick Harris is not. <laughs> he is a gay man, but he has had uh, so much experience in theater and in film, and you just, when you're told that Neil Patrick Harris is, like, gay in real life, you're like, huh, like, I, I don't, I did not see that. Um thinking about that let's talk about here for a minute um here is a play written by taylor mack who um taylor mack goes by the gender pronoun judy uh like judy garland so judy is one of the world's leading theater artists judy is a playwright singer songwriter actor performance artist director producer and does drag in judy's own shows and other shows So Judy basically does it all. (laughs) And in one of Judy's plays called Here, spelled H-I-R, there's some definite queer representation. Um, Let me just give you a little synopsis of Here. So there are four main characters. They're all of a family. There's Isaac, who is a war vet suffering from PTSD and was dishonorably discharged. And he's coming home from three years in the war uh, for the first time. 
And then you have Paige, who is Isaac's mother and is a little controlling yet excitable and a very interesting character in here. Mm -hmm. A quick note about Paige, she reminds me of a very terrible version of Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She's very sing-songy and just very flamboyant, but she has kind of a negative impact on her family in the long run, which uh, Jessica will describe a little more. Yeah. So then let's go into Arnold, who is the father of Isaac and husband of Paige. Um, Arnold has um, suffered from a stroke and is currently being treated like a dog. Um, But that's not always how he was. And when he, before his stroke, he ran a very different household. And then we have Max, who is Isaac's transgender sibling. Um, recently transitioning from female to male and wants to claim here intellectual position in the family. So a little synopsis about here. After being dishonorably discharged, Isaac returns home to find everything in disorder. His father has suffered a debilitating stroke and has become his mother's play toy. His hypersensitive mother has pulled Max out of the school and made it her responsibility to educate not only here, but the world on Max's identity. Max is a transgender female to male teenager who is coping with his disheveled home life by making his sexuality the spectacle of the family's existence. The family's abusive past eventually manifests itself through emotional outbursts that unravel the fabric of the family's relationships. So in here, um, let me talk about the title for a second. Here is a gender pronoun, and I think Paige, the mother, describes it best, so I'm going to read one of her lines from the play itself. So here is Paige. In these new genders exist new pronouns. Max is no longer a she or a he, so you call Max Z, spelled Z-E. You must use Z instead of the pronouns he or she, and you must use the pronoun here, H-I-R, in place of the pronouns her or him. Max gets very upset if you refer to here as a she, he, her, or him. Z wants you to prefer to here as a here or Z. Z also gets upset when you emphasize the Z as if commenting on the pronoun when speaking to here. For example, if you were to say, what is Z doing today? Z will not like that. Z, understandably, is not to be treated as a sideshow oddity. Z wants you to say Z or here as if this had been a part of your regular speaking vocabulary your entire life. Any breach in decorum will cause here to write in here blog about how awful here troglodyte fascist heteronormative mother is. It's fantastic. So yeah, that's a little (coughs) history on the title of the play here. And... Going in more into the play, um, listening to interviews that Taylor Mack gives about here, Taylor Mack goes on to say that even though Max's transition is in the play, that's not the sole focus of the play. It's more the transition of the whole family, commenting more on the fact like Isaac's transition from being in war for the last three years coming home with this new PTSD and coming home to this order and disarray. And then there's the transition from Arnold's patriarchy household and his abusive tendencies before his stroke 
going transitioning into Paige's more matriarchy household and more, I guess you could say, Lucy type mm-hmm. feel the household. The set is particularly like cluttered. It's described mm-hmm. being like trash, but there's bright, colorful paintings mm-hmm. that you eventually learn hide Arnold's abusive nature beforehand. Um, yeah, this play, it's like written in the style of absurd realism, which is just an exaggerated version of reality. And I think we definitely see that through Paige's character. Oh, it is very expressed through Paige's character and 100% she is one of the stars of the show (laughs) Um, but yeah and then our final transition is of course Max's transition from female to male and I think it says a lot that the whole play isn't solely focused on that transition of Max I think that it kind of comments on the fact that it's a normal everyday thing And it's a part of life, and it's a part of our existence, and it doesn't need to be spotlighted the whole time. And more recent plays are focused on, like, the queer aspect of the play or the queer character in the play. But in this one, it kind of... It's not the sole focus, and I think that says a lot and is kind of, like, groundbreaking because it's a part of everyday life exactly how it should be and as <laughs> jessica mentioned even though here definitely deals with the lgbt community it's not the only overarching theme and theater in general isn't always specifically about the lgbt community and that's not necessarily a bad thing um, in an article by brendan healy it mentions how uh, queer theater is a very all-encompassing thing that doesn't just deal with the community and he says that the theater is an art form that gives voice to the dead so for example one that's not related to queer people in general it's uh hamilton and so obviously that (laughs) focuses on alexander hamilton who was one of the founding fathers of our nation and he it goes back describing american history and saying all these things that happened and even though it's not he's not usually associated with the lgbt community but we don't know for sure no we definitely don't know for sure you never know (laughs) you never know sexuality is a very fluid thing but um essentially with hamilton it doesn't deal with the lgbt community in general even though it is a piece of theater and it shows that theater is a more encompassing thing than that and that Queer theater in itself is important, but not all theater is queer, and it encompasses a little bit of everything. Um, For example, the artistic director of Buddies and Bad Times Theater, which does happen to be a queer theater, uh, Sky Gilbert, says, Let's talk about queer, because it doesn't always mean gay or lesbian. It means sexual, radical, from another culture, non-linear, redefining form, as well as content. And so... Even though queer is usually associated with the LGBT community, it kind of goes into the notion of like the absurd and like a lot Mm -hmm. of different things that are outside of it. And so queer itself doesn't always relate to the community specifically. So maybe theater in itself is queer, but not queer in the way that people always think it is. Yeah, commenting on that, I think that speaks um, the entire like theater community. It isn't just labeled into specific little groups. I mean, it definitely it definitely can, um, but I think theater as a whole is a community itself. Mm-hmm. It's 
it can't just be labeled into one thing or one specific instance because theater is ever-changing just like our world today and I think that's like theater is its own community that's just it it's theater it encompasses everyone you are surrounded by people who want to perform on stage with you it doesn't matter who they are or where they've come from um it is just you are one you are doing this production together and you're doing it as a community as a theater person as theater and it's a part of everyday life and that's just what it is theater encompasses everyone and everybody and it is itself it's theater and as Jessica was saying, theater is a beautiful thing, and you don't specifically have to be a member of the LGBT community to appreciate it or to partake in it, but if you are, more power to you. Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. in the end, like, it just depends on what you want to get out of theater, and theater will try its best to bring everyone together. And it's a very welcoming and open environment that anyone can enjoy, regardless of their orientation or their association with a certain community. So that wraps up this episode of Inquiries and Theories, and we hope you join us for the next installment. Bye.